0: Excited, glad to be here. Where are our turkey people? If you are, if Thanksgiving is uh, if turkey is your uh, meat of choice, uh, raise your hand. Where are all the turkeys in the building this morning? All right. And then where are all the hams in the building? Where's our ham people? All right. Turkey, and then we have ham. So real quick, one more time. All the turkeys, raise your hand in this in the building. And then now, all quickly, all of the hams raise your hand. All right, how many like non-traditional Thanksgiving? All right, there's a, a few of it. There's always some weird ones in every group uh, out there. But anyway, I'm, i you know what? Our my wife always says one of her favorite Thanksgivings. We were supposed to have been. We were at the beach. One of our kids got sick, so we went home a couple days early, and we ended up over at KNS. Cafeteria in uh, Cary back in the day, and uh, had uh, Thanksgiving lunch at the cafeteria. Not a single person in our family of six ordered turkey or ham. I had San Francisco chicken, and I remember back all the good days back when you had it. And the good thing was there was no leftovers, there were no dishes to do, and we had an absolute uh, great time. We're excited, you know, today. Uh, It's Sunday after Thanksgiving. A lot of people traveling, a lot of people on the road. Some of you are listening to us as you're driving home this morning. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, some of you will be watching or listening later uh, this week. Uh, Next Sunday begins our Christmas season here at Calvary. We are so excited as we kick off uh, i did wear my christmas pants this morning uh, in case you're wondering somebody said what is on your pants but anyway uh we are we uh, are excited about the christmas season and uh, really one of the exciting things for me is just the opportunity we have to make disciples here in our city and uh to have an impact uh people will go to church on christmas and easter two times a year Uh, with a simple invitation unlike any other time of the uh, of the entire year so don't uh, waste the opportunity uh next week there'll be lots of invite cards out there when you're coming out of church inviting them for christmas eve inviting them for christmas day if you have family that are traveling uh to the triangle here for thank uh, for thanksgiving for christmas and uh we are going to have christmas eve service at 4 p.m right here in this building candlelight service uh, we're pulling out all the stops this year. In fact, Matt and I were talking the other day, last, uh, last year he had only been here just a few weeks when we had Christmas Eve. And so we did a, a very scaled down, uh, simple uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, this year we're doing the exact opposite. We're pulling out all the stops. Uh, we're going to have, I mean, just about every Christmas Carol you love and we're going to do. And uh, we're some of them in a little more upbeat, uh, fun way. And uh, But lots of incredible, just uh, heartwarming moments uh, the scripture, the, the preaching of the word on Christmas Eve, we're praying that God fills the building to capacity and that many souls come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, as God is filling up all of the fields and woods around us with people, uh, as he's bringing people to our doorstep, we're praying that God uses us to be a, a huge light uh, here in our city with the gospel. Uh, we, I just got word from Dan Matthews, uh, chairman of our trustees one of our no, our trustees rather he is overseeing all of the uh the parking lot and driveway projects uh we are supposed to be paved uh all the entrances the road behind the church all of that entrances will be paved uh before our christmas eve service i was told uh, just a few moments ago in the back so we're excited about getting all that underway we're still waiting on permitting for the additional parking lot out front it is coming Uh, If you work with uh, local government, you know nothing moves fast. uh, Permitting and all of that process. But we're excited just to see how God is going to use. Next Sunday, though, is our annual Christmas offering. And it's the way we begin the Christmas season here at Calvary. And it's become an integral part of our Christmas worship experience. And it's really God has used it overall to strengthen the ministry of Calvary Raleigh Church uh, over the last 23 Almost twenty-three years, as we're reaching forward uh, to the name of the of to sharing the name of Jesus in the triangle, in the world, and our we call it our Christmas offering today. For many years, it was called our the Chest of Joash offering. We have our our chest next Sunday. When you come in, don't put your money in the uh, your giving in the boxes in the uh, in the lobby. You're going to want to hold on to it and. Uh, uh, all of our church family, you will be receiving letters over the next probably three days uh, in your mailbox. Go to the mailbox. You know, nobody, nobody does snail mail anymore. Uh, and, and get that envelope out. And there's a letter that talks about the, the Christmas offering. And then there's an envelope in there for you to place your family's offering in. We'll have lots of them available at the welcome desk next Sunday as well when you come in. Grab some from your, for your kids. Let them participate in the process because one of the things about the, the Christmas offering is it really increases our faith as, as a church and helps us to understand how much bigger of a process of what God is doing through his church to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus. And Our first Chest of Joash offering was taken up in 2000 and uh, next Sunday will be our 23rd year of doing our christmas offering and for those of you that were here back then you'll know the passage but we're gonna i'm gonna invite you to turn this morning and to the old testament it's about a quarter of the way through the bible maybe a third depending on how many uh, uh or how much is in the back of your bible but to the book of second chronicles chapter 24. second chronicles chapter 24 uh if you are on your app uh, go to the Old Testament and uh, dust it off, you know. But uh, some of you are wondering, where in the world? I've never even been to the book of 2 Chronicles. Well, after today, you could say we have studied in the book of 2 Chronicles 24. Uh, for those who have been in the church maybe just a, a short while, maybe this is the first time you've ever studied this passage out. And our text today gives the story of Joash, who is a young boy who was. Uh, crowned king of Israel at the age of seven. How many of you have children in that, for that seven, eight, nine-year-old stage? I imagine for just a moment this morning, your son, Mitch, I don't know how, how much, is he 10 now? Nine, all right? Imagine Mitch is made king over uh, North America or over the United States of America. He's, he's named president. We can identify with that. If you watched any of the, the, the queen's funeral and, uh, you know, the coronating the, uh, King Charles uh, just a few months ago, I mean, I was mesmerized. That's a world that we can't hardly fathom or comprehend. And yet, imagine a seven-year-old boy, Joash, is crowned king over israel and when he began to reign uh the temple was in a state of disrepair and joash told the priest he says go out and collect the money uh that the people have neglected to give to rebuilding the temple and they came back the priests came back and they came back empty-handed they had nothing to to give and so joash devised a, a different method in which to collect funds to rebuild the temple and, he led them in this effort to build the the crumbling temple by building a chest and he would set it at the entrance to the temple so as people came in they would place their their gifts into the chest and as people would give they would do the work of rebuilding the temple of god and, and it was such an amazing thing the temple had been robbed of its vessels for service of baal and uh, false gods and it was during the wicked uh, reign of athaliah so Joash built this chest, and God would use it in the nation of Israel to help them get their eyes back on him, focusing on worshiping God. And folks, if there's ever been a time that our focus has been lost, if you look back at, there's certain periods of history where, uh, you know, after uh, a war, pe- the nation tends to turn back to God because we're desperate, we're, we're hurting, we're, we're suffering, after 9-11, uh, the, the churches would fill back up and people were, were longing for God to do something. You know what? Uh, we just came through a, a pandemic of sorts that none of us could even fathom. And folks, the average church has way less people today than they did before the pandemic. What will it take for the church to get on our knees and cry out to God for revival? What will it take for the church to, to desperately desire A move of God one like we've never seen a a great awakening in our lifetime to see revival take place in in, in the United States as people came to worship the Lord Joach challenged him he says place your your gifts into the the chest and each day the contents were counted they were handed over to the to the builders and the work of the house of God was soon completed And there was enough left over to to furnish it and to to do all of the vessels for worship in the sanctuary today we have a a, just a, a small decorative chest it's nothing fancy there's nothing sacred about it but for the last 22 years our church has used this as part of our christmas worship as an opportunity for each one of us to pray and say god what would you have me to give in our christmas offering god how could you use this to strengthen the work and the witness of your church here locally in Raleigh and ultimately around the world. It's, it's helped stretch our faith beyond our wildest dreams as a church. And it's helped us accomplish God's plan for this local church. This chest and what goes on around it really is in many ways is uh, it's the secret of the strength and the financial stewardship of God's people here at Calvary. Today as we look at the word of God... We're going to see what God did back in the day of Joash, but also dream about what God wants to accomplish in 2023, in 2025, in the years to come, in in the life of His church. How can God use us to make disciples locally and abroad? Let's look at our text in Second Chronicles chapter three four. Says that Joash, in verse one, was seven years old when he began to reign, and he. He reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada, the priest. We're going we'll to skip over to verse 4. It says, after this, Joash decided to restore the house of the Lord. He gathered the priests and the Levites and said, Go out of the cities of Judah and gather from them all, all Israel's money to repair the house of your God from year to year. And see that you act quickly. In other words, he's like, let's don't delay the work of God and what God wants to do through his church. So he says, but the Levites did not act quickly. The king summoned Jehoiada the chief and and said to him, Why have you not required the Levites to bring from Judah and Jerusalem the tax levied by Moses, the servant of the Lord, the congregation of Israel, for the tent of testimony? For the sons of Athaliah, the wicked woman, who had broken into the house of God and used all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord for the Baals. So the king commanded, they made a chest and sat outside the gate of the house of the Lord. And proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring in for the Lord the text that Moses, the servant of God, laid on Israel and the wilderness. And the princes, all the people, rejoiced and brought it and dropped it into the chest until they had finished whenever the chest had brought the kings to the king's officers by the levites when they saw that there was much money in it the king's secretary the officer of the chief priest would come and empty the chest and take it and take it and return it to its place thus they did day after day collected money listen to the phrase here it says in abundance and the king and Jehoiada gave it to those who had charge of the work of the house of the lord they hired masons and carpenters to restore the house of the lord also workers of iron and bronze to repair the house of the lord i can only imagine walking around the grounds of the temple and seeing iron workers and bronze workers and 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 all of the 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 skilled carpenters and masons as they were restoring and rebuilding it must have been an exciting exciting time and for those who were engaged at labor the repairing went forward in their hands they restored the house of god to its proper condition and the word of God says, and strengthened it. Then look at verse 14. I love it what he says. He says, when they had finished, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada. And with it, they were made utensils of the house of the Lord for the service and for the burnt offerings. And dishes for incense and vessels of gold and silver. They offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord regularly all the days of Jehoiada. Holy Spirit, would you allow us the next few moments just to kind of set aside the, the the distractions around us of our of our day of our of our week of the month ahead we're less than a month from christmas god and i pray that we would set aside all of the the, the parties the the things that are going to distract us and lord for the next few moments we focus on your word and god what you did in the nation of israel and looking forward to what you want to do through your church here at calvary god would you strengthen us would you challenge us would you encourage us god would may we seek your heart and god would you do something supernatural here in this place that really truly only you can receive the glory for god that for those who do not have a personal relationship with you here today I pray that most importantly that we would understand the greatest gift that was ever given was your son Jesus. And God, those who don't know you today, may they bow their knee and confess you as Lord and Savior. And confess their sins to you and receive that right relationship with God the Father. God, speak to our hearts. God, may you be glorified. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What the chest of Joash has meant to to our church over the last 22 years, going on 23 years. It's really hard to even begin to comprehend, but I want to encourage you. I'll be the first to say that whenever my dad preached out of this passage 22, almost 23 years ago, I remember thinking to myself, it's just a story. I mean, how could it possibly, I mean, that was thousands of years ago. How could possibly God do something like that in this day and age, in, in 2000, and how could he do something amazing and supernatural in, in 2023? I had no idea what to expect. What God has done over 22 years has been nothing short of a miracle of God. As he's begun to transform and stretch and change and mold his church into the, the place that he wants it to be to have an impact in our community and around the world. Year after year, we've witnessed what God has done in giving the increase, and we've seen him open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that it's really hard to even begin to to put into words what God has done. Far greater than anything we can imagine. In fact, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, all year we've been talking about expecting greater things. Folks, if you want to expect, if you expect God to do greater things, you better buckle up, because folks... He has things we can't even fathom, things we can't imagine, things we can't even comprehend that he wants to accomplish in and through our lives. God has used the chest of Joash to increase our faith. And and folks, we see that here in our our text in verses 4 through 9. It's amazing how God uses people who are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work through them. Joash was the most unlikely person to be used of God at seven years old here's a young man who's in the prime of uh crazy you know that seven-year-old they had so much energy they're waking up i mean I, there was never a, a moment where you get to sleep in on a christmas at our house with four kids because they're up before the sun's up and they're wanting to run around and they're sneaking and everything is all ready and, and we're ready to go and Ten and I will go downstairs and get all the Christmas lights turned on and we want it to be just that perfect moment and you know the other day some of them were telling on each other they were like well so and one of them sneaks downstairs every year and see what Santa Claus brought and, and they're 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 telling on each other and giving giving riding each other out and you know I love that feeling of Christmas morning but folks what happens is a, a seven-year old is lives in the excitement of the moment they live for the big thrill, for the big game. They live for you know whatever it might be. But folks, here's a young man at seven years old. God would use to challenge and change the faith of the nation of Israel. Imagine it increases our faith, and and, it, and God uses the most unlikely people. In fact, here in Second Chronicles, that person was Joash, a seven-year-old boy. He was probably the most unlikely person to lead the nation of Israel. But God would pour out his power on this man who would be used of God greatly for a period of time to accomplish something that the kings before him couldn't have done. And folks, never underestimate when you see a, a kid back in one of these small kids' classrooms or they're up next door in Kid City and you see a young man or a young lady and, and they're they're soaking in the truths of the gospel. Never underestimate the teenagers in that youth room on a Wednesday night, when they get excited, or sometimes I'll come in here, and they, uh, I think next Sunday night they have their rise night, and you'll see some of those kids, and I'm telling you, they got hands in the air, and they're jumping up and down, praising God, and you know what? It does my heart good as a pastor, because I'm thinking our next pastor may be in that room. Our next youth pastor, our next children's director may be in that room. Our next missionaries might be in that room and they're worshiping God and you never know how God may use them and the power of God upon their life to change a whole generation. Before this, the priest of Israel had tried to collect the money to repair the house of God and they came up empty year after year. I can only imagine the obstacles that Joash faced as he sought. He was trying to change a mindset of people who were probably ten times older than him. Many of them, and they're thinking, "We ain't never done it like this before." This chest right here—I'm telling you, Pastor David—that just seems like the silliest thing. They probably did the same thing to Joash. They probably had the same. You, 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 are you tracking with me? Because what happened is they're probably saying, "We've been trying to collect this money for decades. We've been trying to rebuild the temple." for several decades and it's not worked and you really think you're going to come along as a kid and build this chest and and i remind jackson all, all the time he, our student pastor he's he's 24 years old and i'm telling you next year i'm so excited he is going to be old enough to drive the church van i mean it's like one of these days and, and the other day the staff was all laughing and i looked at taylor i was like girl you've got a long long ways to go for you can drive the church van, but we're going to keep praying. Anyway, I, I just, I get him all the time. It's like, you're, you're not old enough to drive. I mean, you can drive a tank. In the military, I mean, you could you can you can uh, shoot a machine gun in the military and, and go all over the world uh, defending our freedom. But you can't rent a car, you can't drive a, 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 a you can't drive a van uh, for the church. But the reality is, and you can also get too old too. When I go with the senior adults, I'm the only one who can drive the van. They're all too old, so uh, it, it, it works both ways. But uh, anyway, here's Joash. He's seven, and he's saying, "We're going to build this chest." And everyone's going to come around and put their offerings in the chest. And God's going to use it for the building of the kingdom of God. And he's going to use it for rebuilding the temple and our place of worship. And you can only imagine what it must, the thought process that was going through these, these Jews as they sat there through all these years thinking we'll never see their temple rebuilt. You can only imagine the obstacles he faced. What he found was his faith grew as he saw the power of God at work. Back in 1986, God spurred upon my dad, Lacey Fry's hearted, a a group of, of people here in this community to plant this church. And folks, they didn't do it in any of a conventional way of what you would plant a church. In fact, in 2022, you hire focus groups and all these studies and you get all the demographics and you find out where the up and coming places are to to plant churches and you start small groups or cell groups and you have all these people and people are moving to the city to to help plant churches none of that took place and yet god was in it god was moving god was working in those early days and people said why do we need another church some of you've moved here from other states and you're like Man, there's a church on every corner why in heaven's name would you build another one look around at some of the churches on the corner i'm not making fun of them many of them are almost empty on every given weekend in fact i remember one by my old house on every given on any given sunday there was mostly no cars and sometimes there was four cars in the parking lot but later on it became a funeral home and then I think maybe today I heard it might be a church again down in Willow Spring. But folks, the reality is, is there's churches on every corner, but very few are gospel center churches that are reaching their community with the gospel. They somehow have lost their focus, lost their vision, lost God's plan and purpose for the church. So God began to start up to plan a church. What has taken place over 36 years has been nothing short of a miracle of God. In fact god's not finished though i believe we are living in our greatest days of ministry the greatest opportunities are right in front of us is god is growing southern wake county in ways i'll be honest it blows my mind i mean i've grew up here and i've I've watched southern wake county grow from a town where you would drive down the road and you would know three-fourths of the people you would pass on 1010 road Now you would pass down, up and down Tintin Road and not see a single person you recognize. And and folks, now I'm going to Costco and I'm praying I don't run into anyone I know because I can't get out. My wife was like, what took so long? And I was like, I ran into 15 different people from church, the neighborhood, the preschool, and everyone's asking me a million questions. All I wanted was one thing at Costco. But the reality is, is God is bringing people to our doorstep. So it begins to increase our faith as we see our greatest days are right in front of us. Some skeptics will say, well, pastor, you know, what interest rates are Are sky high. This is not the time to build parking lots. This is not the time to build on the, to the building. This is not the time for any of those things. To those people, I would say, why should we limit the work of God? Because of our limited faith or resources. Why should we limit God and say, well, 2022... 2023 is just not a good time to start building. I say, you don't know the God we serve. You don't understand. He's not bound by man's economy. He's not bound by our our limited resources. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The word of God says the wealth of every land. And he can and will do through us what we cannot do on our own. When we as God's people seek, after the heart of god in the matter of giving he can do more in a time a a a lean year so to speak than he can in a time of plenty if our heart is right with god in seeking his purpose his vision his mission and folks if every church in our family in our our church every family in our church really would just be faithful on the regular every single week of giving uh, tithes and offerings, uh, even besides missions or or building or anything special, if we did that, do you realize it would quadruple every single thing that comes into our church? Quadruple. Twenty percent give eighty percent in almost every single context. Twenty percent. So imagine if. So a fifth, not even a fourth. It's I mean, it amazing what would happen if people would just say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful where God has placed me. The building, the parking lot expansions, folks, would all be paid for. We'd already be building additional buildings. We'd be, building, we'd be funding mission projects around the globe. And verse 1 says, jo, Joash was seven years old as he began to reign." Never underestimate what God might do Through some of these children, never underestimate the 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 higher ways that God has for our church. And what he began to discover was in giving to the chest of Joash, it increases our faith as we seek God and we trust Him to provide. But what we found as a church is it also sets our minds, our hearts on something much bigger. Because as we start the Christmas season, we're saying better than. All of the gifts that we could possibly order and Amazon can deliver to our front door more than all of the shopping we could do on on Black Friday and uh, uh, small business Saturday and Cyber Monday and giving just make next Sunday giving Sunday just do it and and make it a priority you say I'm gonna give my greatest and best gift to God I want him to be u- used in my life in such a way To impact the nations. So we begin to believe God. We begin to act on the faith that God, as He gives us more faith. The chest of Joash is about increasing our faith, but it's also about increasing God's favor. In verse 11, we're seeing Joash was God's man for God's house for that very hour. And folks, as He set about to repair the house of God and restore it, His desire was to make the house of God once again a place where people enjoy gathering, worshiping, praising, exalting the name of Jesus. And folks, what happens is, as we, as, as followers of Jesus, get excited about what God is doing, we can't wait to gather on Sunday. We can't wait to gather and experience the presence and power of God. What happened when they acted by faith? God began to bless he showed his favor upon the nation of Israel as they turned their hearts back toward him. Our purpose in creation is ultimately we're created by him and for him. created for his glory. And so when, when God's people start getting excited and energized about worshiping him, about serving him, giving to him, he begins to show his favor and people will be saved. People will be added to the church the kingdom of God will be expanded, and ultimately, God is most glorified. Joash desired to repair the, the temple, and he desired to, ha- desired to have a place once again restored where the people of God would would experience God's presence. And please, I think that's what happens: as, as the church gets excited about giving to the chest of Joash, it increases God's favor and increases our faith as we trust in god in luke chapter 6 verse 38 it says give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over he says will be put into your lap for with the measure you use it it will be measured back to you god wants to bless but folks what he wants us to do more than that is to be obedient he wants us to trust him and and folks as he's blessed us I've talked about giving with open hands, as it's our hands are open, God will give through us, he'll give to us what he can give through us. We've seen many people saved over the last year, we've seen people baptized, and so many people added to the church this year, in fact, last Sunday and next steps had a number of people joined the church, we'll be introducing them next week. Folks, the reality is, as God is adding to the church, he pours out his favor as we're accomplishing the vision and mission God has for the church. In Psalm 127, verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in what church? In vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Ultimately, God is the one that builds his church. But I'm thankful he allows you and I the privilege of having a part of what he's doing at reaching the triangle in the world with the gospel. And it's when God's people get serious about living for him that he begins to cause his face to shine upon us. Then thirdly and lastly, he says it also increases our physical ability to minister. The chest of Joas Christmas offering over the last twenty-two years has enabled us to build larger facilities so that we might minister to more people and share the life-changing hope of the gospel. God's plan to finance His work has always been the faithful stewardship of God's people. It's not through uh, bake sales and barbecues and car washes. And folks, those things aren't wrong in and of themselves. Uh, every organization I've ever been a part of, if you a, have a child who plays sports, they're selling one of those little cards. You know, I half the time forget yeah, I even have those things. Uh, you know, uh, they, they sell uh, do, Krispy Kreme donuts and Back in the day, we had to sell magazines door to door. I mean, worst uh, job ever I ever had was going around selling magazines. Nobody wanted you to come to their door. In fact, today, they really don't want you coming to their door. But they're, they're going by selling all these things. And we got hit up by the same people every single time. Wanting you to buy their things that... And now I'm just like, the first one who hits me up is the one I'm buying my my Girl Scout cookies from and whoever it is. But you know what? I feel sorry for those kids because I've been there. I've done all those things. The reality is is it increases our ability to be able to minister. The Lord tells us God loves a cheerful giver. If you want to see some cheerful givers, come next Sunday morning as you watch the church family who have been fervently praying, God, what would you have me to give? And you come with an expected heart, a heart of of gratitude, a a heart of joy, uh, uh, being a part of what God is doing and watching each member, each family come by the chest and place their offering in the the chest of Joash next Sunday. Watch what happens. Why are we so happy? Because we're experiencing the joy of giving to the kingdom of God. We're building treasures in heaven, not here on this earth, but in heaven. And we begin the Christmas season by giving our first and best gift to God. The Bible says in Malachi three ten, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. Some people look at a verse like that and they say, that's uh th- you know prosperity theology no that is just honoring god and as you put god first he always blesses in ways you and i can't even begin to imagine i remember growing up as a pastor's kid for years in a home where i'm telling you those early years long before dad even planted calvary we struggled every day to survive and financially he just was not in the cards You know what? God would provide in ways so supernatural, we would go years and years, and no one in the Fry household got sick. You can't explain it, folks. We didn't go to the doctor for the flu because no one got it. And God would provide through his people, and there would be people that would would say hey pastor far we have a bunch of corn and we would do- donate all this corn in the summertime and green beans and and peas and I, even to this day i just I I, I'm a, I I get sick around that time of year because i'm thinking to myself i hate doing corn i hate doing peas i anybody else with me i mean like i felt like we were you know that unpaid labor hands uh, growing up and we were sitting there working ourselves to death trying to just praying that we would get to the end of that row of picking peas or corn or, or butter beans were the absolute worst of all. And you're thinking, just, but God would provide in supernatural ways. I remember a lady in this church, one of the early members of our church, was my dad was at her house one day, and she said, your kids need some braces. She said, give me the co- cost on that. And she wrote a check and paid for us to have braces. And you say, God doesn't bless when you honor him. I witnessed it every day of my life. And folks, and I tell people all the time, your pastor is a product of the ministry of this church. I grew up here. I watched my dad pastor. I watched him lead the church, and I stayed. Folks, I didn't run and go the way of the world. I stayed, and God has blessed our youth pastor. We are privileged He grew up in this youth group church and stayed, went to college and and studied and came back and his wife went to youth group here and and stayed and our our communications director Crystal and her husband grew up here and they stayed and folks, it's an example of what happens when you're making disciples in your city. God does supernatural things. Melissa Smith, uh, I believe we will see her maybe at Christmas uh, here in a couple of few weeks uh, is a product of this church she grew up here god used her he called her into missions now she serves the managua nicaragua And folks i saw uh, uh, her picture this week she posted just the joy uh, of serving god and seeing what god is doing folks he's challenging us he's using us and he's pouring out his favor on us we are his stewards on this earth the channels of distribution distributing his blessings and resources. Church, if there's a slowdown, if there's a slowdown in the distribution system, it's on the manager's end, not God's. You following me? If there's a slowdown in the production line, you know what if you've ever been over a, a managing a crew to get a maybe it's a landscape and project around you, your parents' house in the fall, and you're organizing, you're helping get everybody to rake the leaves and trim the bushes. Anybody ever do the, those projects for your parents? And, and you're thinking, if we don't get ourselves together, this is like a multi day project. I mean, we're going to be out here until Jesus comes. And you're trying to rally the troops and say, we got to get this job, this show on the road and get it done. And folks, the reality is, as we work together, if there's a slowdown, it's on our end, not God's. He's already blessed us. He's entrusted to us all of his work folks would be abundantly funded if we simply were obedient it comes down to the heart condition we must have a heavenly perspective and the, the Christmas offering helps increase our physical ability to minister not only here at home but around the world so pastor what's the application there are really two kinds of giving that we can do next Sunday as we enter the building there's two ways that we can give one is called reason giving giving only what you can afford you say you know what I'm gonna look at on my online banking and see what's left over after I've shopped on Black Friday small business Saturday Cyber Monday giving Tuesday and all these things and if there's anything left over we'll give it on Sunday This, uh, that's reason giving. But number two is revelation giving. Praying about your sacrifice and giving what the Lord lays on your heart to give. Maybe it's something you give over the next several weeks. Maybe it's over the next few months as God is speaking to your heart. Over the years, we've had people donate vehicles, real estate, company stock jewelry various things that were sold and the proceeds went towards that we've had people have sold property and several different times one was like ninety thousand dollars they gave a donation towards the christmas offering another year was about a dollars one was about 135,000. dollars folks what it did was it just lit a fire under the rest of the church as people begin to get so excited and saying, you know what, I get to be a part of something so much bigger than just myself. So when I'm gonna challenge you, you can come next week and you can just do a, a reason gift and say, you know what, this is what's left over, I've got a little extra. Or Revelation is praying, God, would you reveal to me what it is that you want me and or my family to do? It's our 23rd year for our Trust of Joash Christmas offering and our goal is $60,000. It's not even that large of a goal. But you know what happens is, as we pray this week as God prepares our hearts, that's just a number folks. Because the reality is, is God can do exceeding abundantly, far greater than anything we could ask, think or imagine. One person could write a check and, and, and hit the goal. The reality is is what is the Church of Jesus Christ gonna do this Christmas season to reach our community in a greater way and make an impact with the gospel of Jesus? Part of that offering is going to Baptist Mission for disaster relief. My prayer is this year won't just be another offering, but it will be another opportunity our God to stretch our faith and use us to impact the triangle of the world. I really encourage you this morning come next Sunday prepared for the Lord to open the windows of heaven and unleash a blessing so large this church can't contain it. And in fact, there was so much they b- rebuilt the temple, they restored all the vessels for worship, but folks, it enabled them to accomplish even more than what they even dreamed or imagined. As people were just obedient. May the trust of Joash' Christmas offering this morning increase our faith. May it increase God's favor, but it may it increase our ability to lead and create disciples of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our heart this morning?